Hello listeners and welcome to another episode of Let's Do It, podcast about pregnancy, birth and babies based here in our gorgeous Northern Ireland, hosted by myself, Anne Glover, also known as Mother Doula. And just a wee recap here, I've been working as a doula for over six years now, supporting families here in Northern Ireland as they welcome their new wee babies into their lives. So in this episode today, I am so delighted to welcome the infamous Carol Smith. <laughs> welcome, Carol. Thanks, Anne. That, that's quite an introduction, infamous. <laughs> yeah, well, I think if he ever doesn't know about you, I don't know. I don't know how they don't. So here, do you want to tell the listeners a wee bit about what you do? Um, yeah, okay. So I am um, I'm a lactation consultant and, and um, international board certified lactation consultant. And I work in private practice. So I see um, families with babies from birth, um, usually, you know, throughout the first year, sometimes a little older than that, but usually in the early months, um, helping them to resolve issues that they're having with feeding, um, whether that is just getting the baby latched onto the breast or problems with milk supply or wanting to use bottles or with reflux or all kinds of things, basically any kinds of, of feeding issues. And then the other role that I have as well is that I am a cognitive behavioral therapist as well. So I also help people with those kind of mental health, anxiety and mood disorders. Amazing. So Carol, I'm sure the listeners are thinking the same as me. How on earth did you ever get into this profession? Yeah, in a very roundabout way. Um, I, you know, if you'd asked me 15 years ago anything about breastfeeding, I couldn't have told you anything about it. Um, I worked in IT and that's what I was doing until I had my first son, who is almost 13 now, and I breastfed him and fell in love with breastfeeding. Um, and that's really what got me into it. I started doing just some peer support whenever I was off on maternity leave. And then I thought, I love this. And then I started doing, um, I joined La Leche League as a, a breastfeeding counselor with them and just really enjoyed the difference that you can make to people's lives. Um, and so I decided to go on and train as a, an IBCLC. And then through working with families is that I realized gosh so many people are struggling with their mental health and I could see the impact that that was having um, on feeding as well and how feeding was impacting mental health the two things are so interrelated and I felt I needed to get more skills to deal with that and actually my degree all those years ago had been in psychology yep. so I went back and trained in, in CBT. Absolutely, it's amazing, isn't it? How things always work out in the end. Yeah. Those I feel like I've been in a big circle where I started with yeah. psychology, went off in this circle, and came back round to it. Amazing, I know. And I was trying to think, Carla, like how how we met, how how I got to know you in that. And I know it's related to my doula work because a lot of it overlaps a wee bit, like with what you're doing too. Yeah. And yes, we did a bit of breastfeeding uh, training as part of our doula course, but you know. Um, Whenever I came back, you know, Northern Ireland started practicing as a doula and it'd been a long, long time since I'd breastfed, breastfed my children. I thought I just need to find out more information, get equipped and have more skills. So I contacted you and I think it was about must be over five years ago. And of course, this is pre-COVID. You know, there was a life before COVID. Yeah. And you were running wee groups, wee classes um, for uh, parents, you know, who, who went to have their wee babies. and. You were doing breastfeeding classes 
and I asked you, is it okay if I come and sit in, Carol, as a doula? And you're like, yeah, yeah, fine, fine. And that was great, you know, it was amazing um, because I learned so much there, even though I'd like breastfed my kids and done some training and and all the rest of it. But even like there's a new thing on the, on the block, it's called laid back positioning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's really good. For me, it was like part of my CPD, like continual, yeah. continual training and everything. But it was, um, it just like opened up a whole new world then for me. And that took me off other avenues as well. Um, mm-hmm. But knowing, just knowing as a doula, whenever I'm working with wee families who, you know, are tra- this period of transformation everyone talks about, you know, the whole dynamics within the family changes, mm-hmm. whether it's the first, fourth, fifth, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they're breast, if, you know, if they decided to breastfeed um, and there's issues, it can be so harrowing for them, mm-hmm. isn't it? You know, and that tiredness with a newborn baby, no matter what, and then breastfeeding sometimes clusterfeeding, but knowing that there is so much support out there, it's just it's a really it's a really vulnerable time for people whenever they just give birth. I mean, it's you know they've just gone through this enormous physical thing, you know, giving birth. They have this new this new little person to look after. So there's all this massive increased responsibility that they feel. Nobody's really told them how to do it. You know, there's no manual and each baby is absolutely different. Um, and whenever you're breastfeeding as well, you can't see exactly how much milk they're getting. So there's, you know, you're, you don't really know in the first few days how well it's going until they're getting weighed. Um, and if it doesn't go particularly well in the first few days, that can leave with an awful lot of stress. It's a really difficult transition for people. Yeah, or it can yeah. be, it can be full of joy as well, but it can be very stressful. Yeah, because I was just thinking there, and as I was sort of, you know, getting myself set up for our wee um, Zoom call here, I was thinking like, what do people think about when they think about breastfeeding? And yes, you can think of all the really, you know, the really positive things on positive words. But there can be a lot of like negative emotions as well around breastfeeding because there's a lot um if you think of all the families who tried to breastfeed and for whatever yeah. reason or another they've stopped and there can be a lot of like trauma a lot of grief yes a lot yes of around that as well which absolutely and and most people have difficulties in the early days i think that's that's a big thing you know for everyone to realize as well because you know the messaging out there is all it's wonderful and it's fantastic and you shouldn't feel any pain and all of that and that is true it, it becomes true is really what i should say it becomes true but in the early days it's hard it's difficult it's something that you have to learn and you know 90 percent, over 90 percent of people report some difficulties in the first you know the first few weeks um so yeah it, it, it can be really tricky but once you get past that then it is it can be it's easy and it's wonderful and all those fantastic things yeah it's not amazing that statistic is so high isn't it 90 yeah. percent yet we're led to believe you know when baby's born you just put the baby to the breast straight away and everything's going to be hunky-dory and fine everything yeah. and that's funny it's one thing i remember when i you know when i started off as a doula and learning more about breastfeeding because it's funny like a long time ago I breastfed but you know were there were any books or anything to read you just did it and yes. you relied on your you know your, the support around you your family and uh, your midwives and your, your health visitor to give you that encouragement yeah. but it's funny it's the same old stuff that you hear how do you know how much your baby's getting how often mm-hmm. should you put baby to the breast 
um, oh baby's not sleeping through the night it must be because you're breastfeeding <laughs> like I'm sure you, you I know I know it gets blamed it gets blamed for everything absolutely yeah and you know it is it is sad um, when you think you know it is one of the most natural things in the world to do as well like giving birth and feeding your baby and of course it's down to choice as well but I think it is it's natural but I think you know that's that's another big thing as well I think you know but people say say it's natural you assume it must be easy but yeah something being natural doesn't mean it's easy I mean birth is natural but it's not easy yeah. Um, and you know, I kind, I for me, whenever I talk to people about it, I, I kind of use the analogy of walking. That whenever you are, whenever you're a toddler and you're starting to walk, your instinct is to walk. You want to walk, and your instincts will tell you to pull yourself up and to and to walk. But you need somebody to hold your hand, and you fall down a lot until it becomes natural. Until the movement becomes natural. It's very natural for an adult. You know, you get up and you walk to the door. Um, for an able-bodied adult, they'll not think twice about it. But for a, a toddler who's just learning, it's not easy. It's still natural, but it's not easy. Yeah, that's a lovely. That's a lovely way to describe it. Um, I like that because you've got the, the ideas, the little bumps. You know, the toddler heads. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As a wee bump, and it's funny. It was described to me once by, by my mentor as it was like a couple learning to dance or something yes. similar. Yes, uh, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you put a, you know, if you step on someone's toes you know you have to sort of like stop and like let's see where we're going from here and, and think about it yeah. and do it again <laughs> and keep yeah. on doing it yeah yeah so i briefly mentioned there about you could write a book and i know karen you have written a book yeah i've written a book you want to get a plug about your book here um yes yeah, so i wrote a book earlier this year called why infant reflux matters and it's published by pinter and martin and it came out in march um and so it's all about reflux and it's it's not specifically for breastfeeding it's for no matter how you feed your baby mm-hmm. um but looking at the whole you know diagnoses or labeling of babies with with reflux now um because there's huge numbers of babies who are you know being medicated for reflux now and most of them whenever I said that different new diagnosed or labeling, they're not getting an official diagnosis because in order to get a diagnosis of GORD, of reflux disease, you have to do some quite invasive testing. You would need to put a camera down and look at the esophagus or pH probe down, invasive stuff. So babies don't get those kind of diagnoses. They get labeled as having reflux on the basis of behaviors. And so those behaviors might be things like fussy feeding or they want to be in your arms all the time or they won't sleep on their back or they won't sleep alone or you know difficult with difficult difficulty with weight gain either low weight gain or high weight gain so in the book i am exploring all of those different kinds of behaviors and symptoms which are commonly attributed to reflux but actually have loads and loads of different causes um and so what i see a lot in my practice is that people will wonder whether their baby has reflux or they'll they will have you know their baby will be on medication for reflux and actually there's something else that's going on that's causing the symptoms there's a feeding issue or the baby is is you know need is a baby who needs a lot more kind of nervous system regulation is just needing held a lot more mm-hmm. so the book's really about that about exploring that um hopefully it's a bit it's about baby communications and also a bit of a self-help book for people who have an unsettled baby and they're worried about reflux 
That's great. And I'm sure it's a real gem for so many people. Um, and those wee Pinto Martin books are great as well, because sometimes someone will give you a book to read and it's like, how am I ever going to get the time to go through that? But with the Pinto Martin books, um, they're absolutely brilliant, like, aren't they? You can just pick them up and read them. Well, that's the thing, yeah. I think they're just, you know, they're really well designed for people who have a baby and they don't have a lot of time. You know, they're small and they're readable but you can be sure that they're really packed full of evidence as well. So, yeah. Yeah, you actually you can hold them on hand and read them, which is even better. Yes. <laughs> yes. So thank you for, for sharing that, Carl. And the other thing I just want to ask you, I'm sure the listeners will be interested in, is what you actually offer. I know you've mentioned like consultations and that, but maybe just explain to listeners what you actually offer as part of your job. Yeah, so on the, on the, the, the breastfeeding side of things, I do, um, so a prenatal kind of education preparation for breastfeeding. So um, and that could be done face to face through a consultation or I have, or it could be done by Zoom or, and I have a preparation program on my website. I do um, breastfeeding consultations for feeding problems. I do unsettled baby consultations. So that's for any babies who are having un, you know, unsettled behavior. Um, and I have some webinars on there about reflux and allergies and things like that on my website. And then I do the CBT as well. So um, so I do CBT sessions for anxiety and mood disorders. That's that's brilliant. And I, I know only because I work along with Tara, <laughs> uh, the yogi doula, that you have the yes. uh, sessions on night of her yogi house. That's right. That's right. So is that weekly or monthly? That's weekly. It's on Fridays at the minute. So I do a, a, a like a whole day long kind of face-to-face -face clinic in there, um, which is mostly feeding, but a little bit of CBT in there as well. And would if, if someone's listening and are thinking, no, they're interested in that, um, would they have to book it beforehand? Like they can't just turn up? Yes, no, you can't just turn up. It's, it, it, and it's usually booked a week in advance, you know? Right. So yeah, but you can book it via my, my, my website. Right. Okay. That's good to know. I think that's really invaluable as well. And I know you're primarily sort of Belfast based, Carl, but you, yeah. you, you're like us, you do travel. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do. I, I'm actually not doing so much traveling at the minute. Like since COVID, I would have traveled around a lot more kind of pre-COVID. Um, but then, you know, once COVID hit and a lot of the stuff was via, was via Zoom, I kind of thought, well, how can I best see? I realized I was spending a lot, a lot of my time traveling yeah. and that I can actually see more people and probably control the you know um all of the covid precautions a little bit better within you know a clinic type space yeah. so so really i'm trying to bring people into a clinic space now so i'm doing some home visits still but mostly i'm seeing people in you know in the clinic right so the best way then if, if someone wants to contact you um they can contact you via your website yeah yes that's the best yeah. way to do and website or, or facebook yeah or Facebook as well, because I know, um, like you're my go-to. Um, if any, of, if any of my clients are, you know, if we can't solve the issue as a doula, um, I know it's like just have to contact Carol, <laughs> give her a ring or give her a message. And I know that um, you are, you know, you're really great at getting back to them because I know you as well that you really, you really get it. You understand that those those first few weeks are, can be so problematic and so stressful Absolutely. and full of anxiety. Um, so I love the fact as well that you're doing the CPT. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, as well for, for for new parents basically. Yeah, yeah. Or breastfeeding mums, which is great. Um, so I'm sure as well. Uh, it's good to let the listeners know that you're not on your own. There are other 
uh, professionals that you network with that can provide support as well. Um, so if you contact Karen and she's not able to help you, uh, she'll be able to signpost you on to somebody else. As Absolutely. Well. Yeah. yeah. Just as you know. So it's just thinking, Karen, we're talking here, you know, about like breastfeeding and all the issues that come up, um, like you mentioned about latch, you know, the latch, the whole thing mm-hmm. about the baby getting a good latch and the positioning. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, and I only ever heard about it as well in the last six years since becoming a doula. All oh, this issue around tongue tie. I'm sure it must yeah. have put your head away. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of people that worry about tongue tie, and tongue ties, it's not terribly common. You know, there's probably about 5% of babies um, that, that have a tongue tie. Everybody has a frenulum, though. Um, and so, there's a lot there's a lot of stuff I suppose to find on the internet now about tongue tie, which there maybe wouldn't have been a few years ago. So people are much more aware of tongue tie now. So it is something that lots of people will worry about. And I would very commonly check babies. I will do that in most consultations, check them and see how their tongue is is working, you know. Yeah, that's that's really good to know as well, because I know you said it's only five percent, but it's like it's like hearing a bad birth story, like oh you, you Absolutely. hear if somebody having a tongue tie, then you, you seem to almost think everyone's every baby's got a tongue tie yeah. it's not the case yeah, and we know it's really good to hear that it's only five percent because it does sometimes feel as if it's like 50 percent or something yes yes yeah so that's good so i was just gonna um i know we've been chatting here now for nearly 20 minutes but anyway um i think it's really important to just thinking if there's a new parent sitting listening to this podcast and struggling in any way you know to do with you know with feeding issues you know, and we've got, I mean, the issues we, we mentioned, like the latch and the, we've mentioned reflux, we're doing really well here this morning, we've, we've mentioned <laughs> untie, um, low weight gain, and what else have we talked about? Colic, which is sort of, sort of connected to really yeah. unsettled babies. Um, I've got a few things down here, just, um, I hear a lot more about um, expressing and pumping when to give a bottle and pace bottle feeding that is quite yes. something quite new as well so it's in, yeah I, I, yeah it probably is quite new like you know in the last few years really um and it's but it, it's a really it's a, it's a simple and a really important thing to do and it's just a way of giving milk in a bottle in a way that is similar to breastfeeding and actually all babies should be fed this way not just babies who are breastfeeding and using a bottle it really should be all babies because what i mean the physiologic norm for babies is is to feed in the way that breastfeeding works and whenever babies are breastfeeding they're not really getting milk the whole time or not a lot anyway you know they have periods of where there's a letdown there's a milk ejection they get loads of milk really quickly and then that slows down and they're getting hardly any milk for you know a few minutes and then they'll get another big load of milk when there's another milk ejection and then hardly any milk um, and that slows the feed down and allows a baby to rest but also to realize how much food they're, they're getting and how full their stomach is getting you know i always think it's a bit like you know whenever adults are wanting to to um keep an eye on their their weight they're often told to you know eat more slowly chew you know chew their food 20 times or something like that because we know that it takes quite a long time for your brain to realize that that your stomach is full so if a baby is drinking really really quickly and doesn't get these rests and doesn't get these gaps they can overfeed um 
And so babies who are completely bottle fed on average drink about 10,000 more calories in, in the first year than, than babies who are fed at the breast, simply because the flow is constant. You don't have this gap. So paste bottle feeding is just a way of um, giving the baby a little bit more control over, you know, the, the flow because you're responding to the baby's cues or whether they want more or whether they need a little bit of a rest and also helping them to control their, their calorie and take a little bit better too. Yeah, that's so informative, Carol. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that as well. And I'm sure if that even helps just one wee person who is yeah. struggling, they just listen to this and just heard that. Sure, that's amazing. And I know like to come on and talk this morning about your passion, everything with breastfeeding, I know there's so many different like, tangents of that, you know, even things like tandem feeding and I mean you could talk for hours basically on it couldn't you mm -hmm. so I am just so thankful you know that you've taken time you know to come on here as I said um even you know to help some wee families who are struggling and I have to thank uh Claire Hackett because we had a, we had a wee podcast about breastfeeding and the breastfeeding support Facebook group you know yes again yeah. that's another great resource as well for families here in Northern Ireland and uh you were mentioning your name, I knew that. And we were saying, I have to get her on a podcast. So I've done that. <laughs> I, feel, I feel much better having done that. Um, so I just want to thank you, Karen, for, you know, for taking the time and coming on and doing this wee podcast with me today. Um, if you want to plug your social platforms now, please do. So we just a redirection where to send people. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I've been absolutely delighted to be here, and it's been lovely chatting to you. Um, so yeah, my my website is uh, carlsmith.co.uk, and my um, you know the easiest way is probably to go on to, to it and then follow the links to Facebook and Instagram and and all of that. You can you can find me there. Great, thank you so much, and I'm glad we find you, Carl. You've saved many of the ones a lot of uh, grief and trauma. Um, and just to finish up then, I just want to plug my own website. So I'm motherdoer.com or you can find me as well on Doulas of Northern Ireland and Instagram page and with an E, hypnodoula. So there's no excuses at all now, folk. If you are struggling, there are plenty of resources out there. So thank you for tuning in. And until the next time, goodbye.